church. Happy anniversary. Give yourselves a hand. We are so happy that all of you have chosen to join us today on this very special day as we celebrate our seventh anniversary of the Orchard Church. And God has been so good to us in the last seven years. He has really blown us away with his blessings and favor upon this church and this ministry and this community. And one of the things that we have been so blessed by, I think you would agree with me as a church, is the opportunity to meet right here in this beautiful auditorium of Prairie View High School. And what a blessing. Let's praise the Lord for that. And I have a, a special guest I want to introduce to you in just a moment. Before I do, I want to tell you just a quick story. It was uh, in the um, early part of the year of 2006, I think in the winter time, and we had recently relocated out here. Um, the church was just in its infant stages. We'd been meeting about a year. There were about 75 to 100 of us, and we were kind of outgrowing where we were meeting, and we were praying about, okay, where, where's the next place we're going to meet to be able to really reach this community and be able to have room to grow? And I was driving down 120th right here in front of the school, and I had no idea that Prairie View High School was being built. And I was driving by, and I saw all these fences and all this construction, and the school was probably about, I don't know, 75% finished at that point. And, I, and there was a sign, you know, it said, Future Home of Prairie View High School. I immediately that day pulled over, and I felt like God said, that's where you're going to be meeting. And so I just pulled over my truck. I remember it like it was yesterday, and I started to pray, and I said, God, if you would bless us to be able to meet in that high school, in that auditorium that I hadn't even seen yet, I assumed they were going to have an auditorium, I hoped, and I just prayed. And trusted God, and I called the school district, and they said, well, you know, we want to get the school year started in, in fall of 2006, and then, you know, we'll talk to the principal, we'll go from there. And to make a long story short, there were about five other churches that wanted to also meet here in the high school. They decided to do a lottery, and they put our names in a hat. We went to the school district office, and they drew out one name, and guess who got picked? The Orchard Church. And so... We were blessed the first Sunday in January of 2007, and I don't know if you all remember what the winter of 2007 was like. It was snowing like two feet every week, and the first Sunday we met in here, and there were a hundred, there wasn't even probably a hundred, about a 90 of us, including kids, they were in their classes, and there were, so there were about 50 adults right here, and we thought, how in the world are we ever going to fill all these seats, and we realized it's not our responsibility, it's God's job to fill these seats, and he's done that, but... We, we had the privilege to work with a uh, principal for the first two years. He was a blessing, and he was the one that allowed us, first of all, to meet here. And then the last four years, uh, the principal has been Dr. Chris Fiddler. And um, it's really in the last four years that our partnership and friendship um, really began to grow and strengthen under Dr. Fiddler's leadership. And he was the principal the last four years here, and, and he really opened the doors for us to really begun, become part of the family here at Prairie View and, and really help them as a school and work together to help us do some things we didn't think we'd ever be able to do here. And it's just been a, a tremendous blessing. We really turned a corner, we feel like, in the last four years. Um, Dr. Fiddler, unfortunately, left here as the principal, but the good news was he got promoted to school superintendent. He is a superintendent of the entire 27J district. So we know the school superintendent. But I, and I'm really blessed this morning because he has taken time out of his busy schedule to be with us this morning. So could we give a huge orchard welcome to Dr. Fiddler as he comes out this morning? (laughs) 
They like you. <laughs> and I want to I want to share something uh, with all of you this morning that that most of you do not know about. Dr. Fiddler knows about. And uh, this is the first time that you're going to see this here in our church. Um, you know, I've always said, be careful what you ask for, because you just might get it. And I came to Dr. Fiddler last year, and I said, you know what? Um, is there any way we could put, like, more of a permanent sign up on the property, you know, at Prairie View? I mean, if we somehow sponsored the school some way, could we get our name out front all the time? And so he said, well, let me think about that. Well, he can't, got back to me and said, well, I don't know what your budget is like, but we've always wanted those, one of those really cool LED full-color signs. <laughs> I'm like, I'll bet you do. <laughs> And if you guys could somehow work that out, you know, we could put your name at the bottom, donated by, and we prayed about it. We took it to the leadership team here at the church and to our executive council, and 100% unanimously, we agreed that would be a wonderful gift to give to this school we've had the privilege of meeting in. So you're going to see in about two weeks, they're going to start putting the sign up right out in front of the school, and this is what it's going to look like. That's going to be in the front of Prairie View High School. And that, as you can see, the, the sign at the top will be kind of a static sign. It says Prairie View High School. The one at the bottom says Orchard Church. It'll say Donated By just above that. And that sign in the middle is a full-color LED sign that will be programmable. It'll have all the events of the school, you know, football games, basketball games, you know, concerts, all that kind of stuff throughout the week. And then it'll say on Sunday, the Orchard Church meets here. And so we're really happy about this. So... I want to I give Dr. Fiddler just a moment just to, to say a word about our partnership that we've, we've begun and we're looking forward to hopefully many years with. And this is something just for you, Dr. Fiddler, personally, for you and your wife, and take her out to dinner and a movie, and that's on us. Just a little thank you, but give you a chance to say something. Oh, Pastor Doug, thank you. Yeah. Um, he's right. I didn't believe in my wildest dreams, and I said, well, hey, if you want to sign, let's get a really good one that he would uh, <laughs> deliver on that. Um, I am positively humbled of the generosity of this gift. And on behalf of Ana Mendoza, who's the new principal here at Prairie View, our Board of Education in 27J, the almost 1,800 students uh, who attend Prairie View High School, the 100 or so staff members, and frankly, all of the feeder schools in this uh, south end of the district that will enjoy that sign for literally dec decades to come. I can't thank you all enough and, uh, and thank the Lord, our, our Savior as well. So, amen. 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 Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah. Good. Here we go. Here we go. At our church, Jesus is Lord. That single belief calls us together as a community and sends us into our world with hope and purpose. At our church, your past will never define your future. There's always redemption, which means there's always a brighter day. At our church, we don't think we're better than any other church out there. We're just doing our best to become our best. At our church, we want you to believe in God, but we also want you to know that God believes in you. We are not against people who don't attend church anywhere. Instead, we pursue them with love, the very same love that's pursuing us. At our church, we're learning to serve God with all our hearts, and we're learning to worship Him with all our lives. And if you're looking for the perfect church, we're not it. At our church, we will make mistakes, but we will choose to grow from them.
At our church, we're part of a global community that's knit together by the resurrection of Jesus. And by the way, at our church, we believe that really happened too. At our church, we will engage with people who are in real need because we are the hands and the feet of Christ. And finally, we need you to hear this loud and clear. At our church, it's not really our church at all. It's His. And we live and move and breathe in His church for His glory and His fame, not ours. So here's the invitation. You're invited to jump in with your whole heart at your own pace and to experience the life that awaits you in Christ. Friends, this is going to be good. Welcome to our church. Y'all really believe that stuff, don't you? That's awesome. I want to ask you guys to take out your Bibles just for a moment this morning. We're just going to look at one passage for a few moments, and then we're going to hear some incredible testimonies from some lives that have been changed here at the Orchard Church over the last seven years. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 5, if you would, this morning. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. If you're a guest this morning, the way we predominantly study the Bible here at the Orchard Church is we go to a book of the Bible and we work our way verse by verse, chapter by chapter, story by story, all the way through. Uh, We've been in the book of Mark since the end of May, all through the summer. We're finishing that up. Have you guys enjoyed the book of Mark here at the Orchard Church? It's been a great study um, as we have followed Christ and and the disciples and uh, really just taken a walk with Him. We're in the last three chapters, chapter 14, 15, 16. We're getting to the part where Jesus is going to be arrested and crucified and it's, it's really the pinnacle of the whole gospel of Mark. So I hope you'll plan to be back next week as we jump back in to Mark chapter 14. But today I just want to take a moment and look at another story of Jesus with his disciples. One of my favorite stories. And I came across this story just in my uh, daily Bible reading a while back. And I'd heard this story many times. But I read it for this time and I, I saw some things I'd never seen before. And I felt like this really applies to what God has done here at the Orchard Church, really since the beginning and for the last seven years. And it's a familiar story that some of you will remember. It's in Luke chapter 5, verse 1, and we'll read it together. It says, So it was, as the multitude pressed about him, Jesus, to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, which is also known as the Sea of Galilee, and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. So in other words, they'd been out fishing all night. Now it's probably the morning, and they're cleaning up, and they're done for the day because most fishing takes place at night. And they're cleaning their nets. Verse 3. Then Jesus got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. I mean, there were so many people, you know, they didn't have a stage like this. And so, and they didn't have a sound system. So Jesus, like, gets in this boat and kind of goes out like if this is the lake and the people are out there on the banks. And, and he's preaching and he's teaching them. It's a pretty amazing scene. And when he had stopped speaking, verse 4 says, he said to Simon, Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. He says, why don't you guys go back out? It's, it's about noon now, so why don't you guys go back out and try to fish a little bit more? Now, Simon was a professional fisherman. Most of the disciples were. And Simon knew that the best fishing takes place, number one, at night, not during the middle of the day, and number two, around the shallows when the fish come up to feed. That's when they're easier to catch in their nets, not in the deep. Everything that Jesus told the disciples to do made no sense humanly. It humanly did not make sense, but it's what Jesus said. He said, launch out into the deep for a catch. And then Simon, of course, argues with Jesus. He usually does that. Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night. We've been out fishing all night. We caught nothing. And, and you know he's thinking, 
This is ridiculous. This is crazy. This doesn't make sense at all. Jesus, you know, I know you're Jesus, but we're the professional fishermen here. <laughs> this doesn't, but he's like, nevertheless, he'd learned his lesson a few times talking to Jesus. Nevertheless, at your, I love this, Jesus, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. I'll do what you've told me to do. I'll do what you've asked me to do, even though it doesn't really make sense humanly. And when they had done this, they caught, imagine this, a great number of fish. Man, I've been on some fishing trips. I wish Jesus would have told me where to fish and how to catch them. I like to fish. And I, this, this was, I mean, this was the dream fishing day, and yet humanly none of it made sense. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They had so many fish. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat, come and help us. We've got so many fish. We don't know what to do with them. And they came and they filled both the boats and they began to sink. <laughs> Jesus like, I'll show you how many fish you're going to catch. <laughs> and when Simon Peter saw it, he was really humbled by this. And he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. He realized how much faith he lacked in believing what Jesus had said. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. They were blown away with what God had done. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you'll catch not fish, but you'll catch what? You'll catch men. You'll reach people for Christ. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and they followed Jesus. You know, it was in the summer of 2005 that Shelly and I believed with all our heart that God was calling us to plant a church somewhere in the Denver metro area. And we asked God, we said, God, would you just make it so clear where you want us to plant, where you want us to fish, what community you want us to be in, so clear that we can't miss it. And, we, you know, there was a part of us humanly that we were full of fear, but our fear turned quickly to faith as God just began to open doors and make it absolutely clear that we were to plant a church right here in this reunion, Brighton Commerce City area, and, and, and begin to plant that church. We didn't know our church, for those of you that don't know, started in our living room with four people, basically, our family. We moved here. We didn't know anybody. We had no family here. We had no friends here. We had never lived here. We had no history here. But we, what we did know was it was where Jesus told us to fish. It's where Jesus told us to come. And, and we just trusted and believed that if we will follow Jesus' words and not our ideas and what we think we should do, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And now seven years later, we've gone to two services. There's an average of 800 people a Sunday that come to the Orchard Church. We had 1,500 people on Easter Sunday. This last month of September, we are up 25 to 30% over last year at this time. And Jesus, and it's not just, it's never for us been about fill, filling seats or numbers, but we do say this, we count people here at the Orchard because people count. People that are being reached for Christ, lives that are being changed, marriages and families that are being turned around in miraculous ways. And, and I just, as I read this story, I thought that's a beautiful story and picture of what God has done for the last seven years here at the Orchard Church as we have done what He's asked us to do His way and not our way. And as long as I have anything to do with it, that's what we're going to continue to do. Amen? It's based on His Word and what He has called us to do. 
And when we stepped out in faith, you know, we, we, we asked God to do something God-sized, like that day with the fishermen, something that would astonish us and blow people away. And I believe God has, has done that and is continuing to do that and will continue to do that in the d- days ahead. But we, we began to say, okay, Jesus, what kind of church do you, do you want the orchard to be? You know, what, what, what do you want us to do? I mean, if we do one thing right, what is it? And you know, I'm thankful to God that he gave us in his word our marching orders 2,000 years ago. He made it very clear what the church is supposed to do. We didn't have to figure this out, make this up. We just had to discover it and say, that's what we're going to do. If we get one thing right, we're going to do this. And it's found in Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20. I'm going to put it on the screen. These are Jesus' famous last words to his disciples and to the church. And he said, listen, if you're going to get one thing right, this is it. Go, therefore, and let's say it, church, make disciples. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things as I have commanded you, and lo, I'll be with you always. If you do what I've called you to do my way, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And that has been our foundational verse from day one to try to fulfill what some have called the Great Commission from Jesus. And notice it's the Great Commission, not the Great Suggestion. This is what he told us to do. And we just believed if we will really try to be a disciple-making church and, and get people through that process, that the Lord will bless our church and lives will be changed. And so based on that verse, the Lord gave us this purpose statement as a church that we've been following for the last seven years. Our purpose here at the Orchard Church, based on Matthew 28, 19, and 20, is this. To make disciples who glorify God, because we know that's our number one thing that we're to do, is to glorify God. Here's how we do it. By reaching people for Jesus by relating them to other believers, and by growing them into passionate, reproducing followers of Christ. That's been our process. You can say it simply this way. Say it with me, church. Reach, relate, reproduce. And that's been our process. And so the next few minutes, the remainder of our time, we're going to share just a little bit about each of those steps in the process. Reaching people for Christ, relating them to other believers in our small group, and then reproducing through our one-on-one discipleship. And you're going to see by video some incredible testimonies of lives that have been changed as people have been a part of this process of disciple-making. So here's the first step in our process that's reach. Our weekend worship service is designed to reach people for Jesus. We play a high priority on verse-by-verse relevant biblical teaching, engaging worship in a friendly and casual atmosphere. We believe if we just continue to do that, people will continue to come, people who don't know Christ, people who do know Christ but need a good church home, people that want to grow in Christ. That's what we're about, starting right here on Sunday mornings as we reach. So right now I want you to watch and hear some testimonies of some people in the last seven years who have been reached um, in, through the ministry of the Orchard Church and how their lives have been changed forever because of the power of Jesus Christ in their life. Really how we got to the Orchard, it happened over time, is I met Laura back in 1999 and uh, from 99 all the way to the time we joined the Orchard, we'd been to churches down in uh, Denver, and we'd been churches South Denver, and we'd tried churches friends had recommended, and we'd really go for a couple of weeks, and then it wouldn't feel right. It wasn't friendly. It wasn't the right fit, and they we'd didn't go have back. A good child's ministry, or yeah, we'd go back to our lives, and uh, 
we came to church for the only time um, in 2010 of we wanted to take our children to the Christmas service and we were dressed in our good clothes and our kids were looking great and um, we realized that our kids were missing out on on participating in church and being in the church play because we weren't making the attempt to get them to church or being part of a church. We weren't being that leader. Yeah. And uh, really, we started coming to the orchard to get our kids involved in church. In late 2007, I had a co-worker that shared their faith with me and invited me to come to the orchard. I came in um, December, and I was saved in January. And uh, it was that co-worker that shared their faith, their personal testimony, what they had purpose in, um, what they believed in, um, a purpose for their life, I mean, and uh, they shared that with me, and it was really impactful, and it uh, made me start thinking about what I had purpose in in my life, and it was on January 21st of 2007 that I was sitting in the back row of this uh, theater here, and I accepted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. We lived a full life with integrity, but there seemed to be a lot of cloudiness on direction with our family, with our business, with our finances, and really with our relationship at the end of the day. Um, we didn't have a clear direction of where we were going uh, with life. My life before Christ was very basic. I was doing nothing with my life. I was just working every day and uh, going to parties, um, trying to have fun, trying to find significance in things that weren't significant, um, and always asking questions, always asking more questions about the universe, how the universe was created. Uh, so it was very depressing, really, to be living a life like that where you have constantly unanswered questions and no meaning. We really brought Christ into our lives in every format. We brought it into our personal relationship. We brought him into our business relationship. Um, how we are as uh, parents and how we are as with each other. Um, and how we are with people in the world. And for the first time, I feel like we have a, it's clear what our life's going to look like together um, with Christ um, for the rest of our life. It's a lot more joyful, my life. And I find joy in it every day when I see the sun rise or the sunset. I now have a wife and a son who's going to be one year old, and that is an extreme joy for me. Um, something that I never imagined would happen, um, but now it has, and I can't help but um, think that, think and know that uh, Christ changed my life for the better so that I could experience these joys. Let's celebrate that. Absolutely. You know, in the past seven years, there has been conservatively 1,000 people receive Christ here at the Orchard Church. Yeah. 
And in the past seven years, again, conservative numbers here, we've baptized 500. And that's an awesome thing. Uh, in, in this year alone, we have had 320 people place their faith in Christ. Just this year, yeah. And, uh, and this year already, and, and you know this if you were at our Easter service, we've had this year alone, we've baptized 150 people. So give God the glory for that. That's all about him and his work. Absolutely. There's been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of lives changed. And let me just tell you this, after watching that video, if you're here this morning and you've never had an opportunity to place your faith in Christ, you're going to have an opportunity to do that in this service. Let me encourage you, don't leave here today uh, in, until you've made your own personal decision for Jesus Christ. Amen? Well, the next step in our process is relate. Reach, relate. And I want to read this statement here. It says, our small group ministry is designed to relate people to others. Small groups meet weekly in homes to foster friendships in a safe and caring environment. And Pastor Doug asked me to uh, talk about relate because I head up our small group ministry here at the Orchard. And the purpose of our small groups is just to provide that environment where people can come together and relate and make some good friends uh, and, and get to know one another outside our big Sunday services. You know, because when you come in on Sunday and you sit over here and you don't know this person over here and vice versa. Uh, it's just too big for that now. And the Bible says uh, several times in different ways that uh, a foolish person walks with fools. And when you walk with the wise, you will be wise. And, and besides that, people can't grow in isolation. They just can't grow when they're all to themselves alone. And so as the Orchard Church grows larger, we've also got to grow smaller at the same time in small groups. We accomplish that with our small group ministry, which is a big chunk of the Orchard Church. You know, some of the benefits of being in a small group are things like, you know, you connect better with people than outside just, you know, the Sunday service. And, and that's, that's obvious. But, you know, it's also a place that you're going to be in and you're going to be known and known well, not just on the surface, hey, how are you, how's the weather, that type of thing, but you're really going to be known, and you have an opportunity to know others uh, in, a, in a deeper way as well in a small group. You know, it's where you'll be prayed for, and it's where you can pray for others and really know their hearts and what's going on in their life and really pray for them on a deep level. You know, it's a place where you can be cared for. Uh, you know, we, we're, there's always babies being born around here like crazy. You know, I think we're just growing by babies, right? And so, you know, when you're in a small group and you, your family has a new one come along, it's in the small group where there is care and that group knows about that and they can provide some help. And, you know, it's oftentimes I'll call somebody up because I'll catch wind of it usually on Facebook. I'll call somebody up, the, the host uh, of that person's small group and say, hey, you know, Kim, did you know that so-and-so, they, they just had their baby, you know, minutes ago because it's on Facebook. And, and, and here's what we'll hear oftentimes. Oh, yeah, you know, we, we just left there, and we brought flowers and a card, and we've arranged meals for that family throughout the week. And I go, man, that is awesome. 
And I I thought, I just heard of it. So before I could even jump in and provide some care, care has already been given. And it's oftentimes we hear about somebody that's been in the hospital, and we'll go up there to make a hospital visit, and we'll find out that, you know, their small group has already sprung into action, and they've provided that care, and they've been there, and the group knows about it, and they've emailed everybody, and they're, they're praying for that person. And again, you know, maybe they need to provide some meals or something like that. Uh, practically, and that's already happened by the time we've got up there. A tragedy sometimes happens, and it's there that the small group knows, and they know first, and they can spring into action because you are known on a deeper level in small group. That is where that happens, and we want that so much for you. Small groups are on the front line of all that stuff. So let me encourage you, don't miss out on that big piece of the Orchard Church. I want you to check out this video of some people who have just been greatly impacted by the small group ministry here at the Orchard. It brings us um, on a more personal level with other members of the church and visitors, um, lets us relate to individuals uh, rather than just on Sunday mornings in a large setting. Well, it's nice to be able to pick out people uh, that were in your small group a session or two before at church. It it's gets you a familiar face in a pretty large crowd these days. Small groups really helped us connect in the community just by, you know, getting us out there and, you know, getting us with people and, you know, people that hold you accountable. And we were here for probably what, five years in our house and, you know, a month in small group. And we had, you know, twice as many friends as we'd ever met just, you know, hanging out at our house by ourselves. So it's been really great. It's really good to have some like-minded people to hang out with and, Instead of it just being a Sunday morning um, connection with people, we can actually engage together and just find commonality in our everyday weekday um, lives as well. Our last small group, we adopted a local organization that works with providing underclothing for kids and our hope is that we'll continue with that and be able to mesh that with the Haiti group and another thing that we did was helped with the Easter egg um, drop before Easter last year to invite people into the orchard for our Easter services. Our small group also would serve together and I think that was a really great thing for us because we tend to be naturally self-centered and selfish, so kind of got our minds out of ourselves and to give back to the community. And one of the projects that we would do uh, a couple years in a row would be um, a volunteering at the Special Olympics. And we would just go there and spend the greatest day handing out ice cream to all the uh, Special Olympics athletes and they would just light up seeing us and just helping in little ways just to give an afternoon but it meant so much to those people and to the families of those people and it was just life-changing for us just to really start serving our community yeah yeah I feel when you're giving back to the community and just you know thinking of other people as other than yourself it really affects you more than it affects other people it seems
Well, like most guys, when you're talking to people that you barely know, you know, I have kind of the uh, evening news type of philosophy of discussion, you know, uh, news, weather, sports, uh, how's the fam, uh, what about this weather, and hey, what about those Broncos? But at small group, you get a little bit better chance to get to know people, and then when somebody asks, how's the family, you can really talk about it, and you feel comfortable doing that with some people that you know, and then they can also do the same thing, and you can help each other. It gives me the opportunity to, during the week, lift up those prayer requests that come in at small group and know that others are lifting me up when oftentimes we need it right, right at that point in the middle of the week. Um, for those that aren't in a small group that might be thinking about it, I say just go ahead and do it. You know, you came through these doors of the church on your first day and you're a little nervous, a little scared, didn't know what to expect and you know, you meet all these great people and you know, same thing with small group. You know, you don't know everybody and then after, you know, two times with them, you know their life story, you really care for them, you want to meet them the next time, see how, you know, see how the job's going, see how the kids are doing, you know, just really put your heart out there. Yeah, I think it's really important just to connect with people and have someone, a group of people there who really care about you and know what's going on in your life and can encourage you through the hard times and you can be an encouragement to them during their hard times and talk about parenting issues and just grow in your relationships with God together and it's just, it's an amazing feeling to have a group of people that you know is always going to be there for you. You know, one of my spiritual mentors used to always say to me, your home can be your treasure or a tool. And it's because of so many people here in the Orchard Church that have used their home as a tool. They've opened it up to allow people to come in one night a week and fellowship and have small group, that small groups are possible. We have over 30 people in our church right now that have opened up their home as a place of ministry for small group to take place and for that to happen and to be possible. So I, I would like right now, if you have ever hosted a small group, not just right now, but if you've ever in the last seven years hosted a small group in your home, would you stand right now in Orchard Church? Let's give them a huge thank you to all our small group hosts who've opened up their homes. Thank you guys so much. Amen. Thank you guys so much. And, and some of these people, they, they've done it every semester. You know, they ha they haven't, they've had that night a week, you know, for like five years. And so if you're not in a small group, really encourage you to get involved. There's information in your newsletter um, how to do that. But get in a small group where you can um, be known and know other people and, and relate and connect in that way. So the first step in our process, we can all say at church, is reach. The second step is relate. So guess what the third step is? Reproduce. And this is where our discipleship ministry takes place. I mean, this is the ultimate goal. This is where it is our prayer and desire that every person would get to, to the, the point of reproduction, the point of a discipleship. Because as we read before, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19, says, Go, therefore, and make disciples. And, and we're very serious about that. You know, really, this is where the Orchard Church name came from. This idea of making disciples, of, of fruit that reproduces itself. That's where the name Orchard came from. I, I really believe God gave me the name, the Orchard Church, when I was reading through um, the Gospel of John. And I came to John chapter 15, verse 8, and it says by this, says this, By this my Father is glorified. I mean, we all know that our number one purpose in life is to bring glory to our Father. Amen? 
So as a church and as individuals, if we're going to bring glory and honor to the Father, to God, and he's getting ready to tell us how to do it, I'm like, oh, take note. I'm underlining this in my Bible, and listen to what it says. Here's how you glorify my Father. If you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. That's what discipleship is. It's fruit bearing. That's why where the name the Orchard Church comes from. We want to produce fruit that has within it the seed, the Holy Spirit to produce other fruit. Bringing people to Christ who bring people to Christ. We sometimes say it this way. Discipleship is reproducing reproducers. Because true biblical disciples make disciples. And so we hope, you know, people go through that process, reach, relate, reproduce, and then they're able to help other people, to help their neighbors, to help their coworkers, their family members, their friends that either don't know Christ or don't have a good church to fellowship and grow. Or maybe they say, you know, no one's ever really taught me how to study the Bible, how to read the Bible, how to pray, how to know God in a personal way. All of that happens through our discipleship ministry. And we have a very intentional process here at the Orchard Church for making disciples. You know, I mean, most churches, to be quite honest, would say, you know, we're trying to make disciples and, and you know, we follow the Great Commission. But we have taken this to the degree of being very intentional with our process because we don't believe it's just going to happen by accident. But there's a very intentional, um, planned out process for making disciples in our church. Basically what we try to do is we take a, a person, a man or a woman who is more mature in their faith. They've maybe been in the Word of God for a while. They've been in church for a while. They've been pretty grounded. Maybe somebody else discipled them. We take them through a training class where we teach them. We, we have a book. We have material that we use for discipleship. It's, it's uh, called Directions. And we train them now how to meet with somebody else once a week for about an hour, hour and a half. Sometimes it goes much longer than that. You get talking, it's fun. They meet with them and they walk with them together through our discipleship book, but most importantly, walking through the Word of God. Teaching them what does the Bible say about Jesus? What does the Bible say about God? What does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? What does the Bible say about praying? What does the Bible say about church? What does the Bible say about witnessing? And just having a man meet with another man one on one and spiritually mentor them and disciple them. A, a lady doing that. Sometimes we pair up couples. We'll have two married couples. We'll pair them together. Sometimes we even will pair one person with two people. But the important thing is that they sit down and they teach them how to walk with Christ, how to walk with God. And with, by the ton, time they're finished with that process, they have a much better handle on the Word of God and their relationship with Christ, but it doesn't end there. I mean, how many of you think in your life, wow, if I had somebody take a year, year and a half and do that with me, where would I be a year from now? How would it be different? I've met people that have been in church all of their life they then submit to be in discipleship, and they will tell me, I've heard this a thousand times, I learned more in one year about the Bible and my relationship with God than I've learned my entire life. That happens in our discipleship ministry. If you're not a part of it, I hope you'll sign up. There's a place in your connection card, your newsletter, to be a part of it. If you've been discipled, I hope you'll sign up to go through training because we have people on a waiting list right now, people that need to be discipled, people that need to be cared for. It is our desire and goal that every person at the Orchard Church is involved in discipleship all the time. Either you're being discipled, you're being trained, or you're in the process of discipling someone else. That's the, that's the reproduced part of our ministry, and we're very intentional about that process. Not only are we intentional about reproducing within our church here, but God gave us a desire from day one to not just plant a church, not just plant a tree, but to be an orchard. 
that plants other churches and other trees. And praise God, a year and a half ago, we sent Nick Olson out. He did a two-year uh, internship with us, and we sent him out to Erie, Colorado, and they, we started the Orchard Church of Erie. He's been pastoring that church and leading that church for a year and a half. I talked to Nick just this week. They are now averaging over 100 every Sunday. Have seen many people to come to Christ and baptize, and we praise God for that. So we want to reproduce in that way as well. But it starts individually as people say, yeah, I, I need to be discipled or I need to be discipling someone else. And so right now I want you to watch a couple of testimonies of people who have been involved in our discipleship ministry here at the Orchard Church reproduce and the effect it's had on their life. I initially thought about discipleship, just seeing it in the pamphlet at church. I thought that's something I should do, just to grow in my personal faith. Um, I thought what better way to do that than get a one-on-one -on -one training with somebody that is uh, definitely more experienced and knowledgeable than I am at the Bible, and just being closer to God. Um, the reason I got involved in the discipleship process is because I really believe that one-on-one um, -on -one time with another Christian can really help them grow as well as myself. I find that people, um, I've been to church for many, many years, and this is the first church I've been to where um, we get a chance to spend time, go through this book that is fantastic, and talk about God, my favorite subject, without a doubt. I can do discipleship has helped me just grow spiritually coming here every week meeting together um, we grow spiritually together we pray for each other um, it helps me be more aware of God in my life every day whether it be with my friends that don't go to church and to see how I could help them maybe come to the Lord um, it helps me with my family life you know being aware that we need to put God first. It's not about me. It's not about everything else. It's just, you know, putting God first. I think uh, everyone should be in discipleship just because that's what we were meant to be. We have to first be disciple to make disciples. Um, looking in discipleship now, I look at my friends that I'd like to reach and the best way to do it is just, just to learn to be a disciple first so that we could go and make disciples. We get to have this time with this other person and develop these really deep relationships. And that is, I think, one of the best things. When you can share your heart with someone else and they can share their heart with you, you have a connection that isn't um, superficial at all. It becomes very real, and I love it. I just love it. Celebrate what God's done the last seven years through reach, relate, reproduce. 